Hi all, Sophie here. I just wanted to remind everyone quickly before we start, Levan X is a crowdfunded NGO which shares diverse voices from around the Swana region. We aspire to remain independent and unfiltered and to do so, you can sign up to be a member on our website, levantex.com or make a one-time donation. Now today we head to Beirut and our guest is someone I've wanted to talk to for a long time and so I do not want to wait much longer. Thank you for joining us today, Zuhal. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, your, your voice is very soothing, so I'm already feel, feeling comfortable. <laughs> so I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I really appreciate hearing that. And um, I think, you know, the way I like to start my podcast is to really, you know, have our audience get to know our guests. So I want to start with a little bit about you. You know, did you grow up in Lebanon? You know, what did you want to be when you were younger? And, you know, what's your childhood dream? You know, let's hear, let's hear a little bit about you, Zuhal. Okay, well, I'm 27 years old. I'm from Lebanon and I grew up here. Uh, sadly, sadly because of what we're going <laughs> through lately. However, I I always wanted to be, uh, I, I didn't know what drag was when I was very young. So I wanted to be something that I did not know what it is. But uh, when now when I look back in my life, I see like that I knew it's drag, but I executed it in, in different ways. I used to dance, lip sync in my room. I used to put uh, the towel on my head, pretending it's a wig. So, you know, like now we know what was that, but back then I did not know. I, I once told my math teacher that I wanted to become an international pop star. So uh, he was like, oh, good luck. So now I want to tell you, where are you now? Where are you? I, I want you to see me shining. <laughs> So, yeah, we all see you shining. That is for sure. We have seen you shining. And that's why you're talking to us today, because we want to know your story. And it's so interesting to find out, you know, that you had engaged with all of this. And then how did you actually um, be introduced to the world of drag? Uh, yes, it's actually RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, it was in, back in 2015, I guess, or 14, when I started watching the show. And uh, I did not really know anything about drag before that. Uh, we, ha we had Basim Bhale in our world, uh, in the Arab world. We had like some comedians do drag, like Fadja Sharia, Mariushka. These were not really categorized as drag because they're not, uh, we, we don't, we, uh, sorry, we never labeled things before like the way we do now. And now, like when we talk about drag, everyone just uh, like starts putting stereotypes of you know, LGBT or gay or whatever, because it's so related, but uh, th those stereotypes make people not accepting for drag. So if now we say that drag is uh, related to gay people and like, uh, Fadja Sharia is a drag queen. People will start hating on that character. Back in the like in the days, they used to love Fadja Sharia because it was not labeled as drag or LGBT. So I never knew anything about that until I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race because it explained everything about drag and it really uh, uh, categorized every type of drag. So yeah, it was in 2015 uh, due to RuPaul's Drag Race. 
Um, well, I guess I think a lot of us, um, you know, mainstream and commercially engaged with drag um, because of RuPaul's Drag Race as well. Yeah. And uh, you could see the people that were going on on the show. It was the first time they had uh, even abroad had engaged with drag or been found yeah. it as an outlet, you know. Um, and I do hear what you're saying. And there is a lot of taboos. There's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of interrelated stuff, you know, and then you sort of get labeled with things and no one really gets to understand, you know, where it came from and why. So, I mean, again, this is why I have you here today to be able to, you know, open yourself up, speak, you know, the, the truth about everything. And let's make yeah. all of this clear once and for all. And yeah. uh, a lot of people, um, I think, are very, very excited to listen to, to, to your story, you know, and you. the fact that you were in the Middle East, you know, and you found yourself, you found your pride, um, yeah. you've put yourself online, you know, you've broken that fear barrier that a lot of people sadly, have. Sadly, I like now my voice is glitching because I was crying because last night um, it was the closing of Bardot. Yeah. It, it's the place where I watched my first drag performance live. Like it was live. It, it was the first drag performance that I watched live for the queen, Evita Kedavra. Uh, now she's in the Netherlands. So yeah, it, th that place closed and I'm, I was crying like uh, one hour ago because it means a lot to me. I, I've, like, I've been going to Bardo since 2012 and now it's not there anymore uh, after nine years of me being uh, a regular uh, client every weekend. So yeah. Sadly, but uh, I mean, it's not the end. Um, yeah, uh, we can always build new things and maybe this is uh, a new beginning. Like, we don't know, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we can we can say that Bardot wasn't necessarily the first, right? I mean, if we wanna, if we really, really wanna talk about it, unfortunately, you know, after the Beirut blast, a lot of the safe spaces yeah, um, were blown out and a lot of people found themselves, you know, where do I go? Where do I feel safe? You know, my even, even homes, you know, your homes. So yeah. like uh, it's been, I think, um, quite a, a fight for you, you know, over the last year, um, maybe yeah. a lot more than others. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Of course I don't. Um... And I'm going to speak in Arabic because it's a bit personal, so I don't want to uh, have any mistake. Uh, so, yeah, since, I, since the blast happened, uh, it was actually a mess. I know my mental health And and uh, I thought, and I worked so hard on myself to a point like I'm okay. And actually, I, like, I realized how bad I uh, I was affected. Uh, that was when it rained for the first time and it started thunder. And when I PTSD. Uh, and it's so bad that are traumatic and um, close to here. So uh, it was very traumatic. And that like our lives, our careers, community, community. 
nests that are uh, allies uh, that have a lot of uh, impact, a positive impact on the uh, situation. And they left because nobody can really uh, stay here any longer. And even I, uh, like, I'm thinking of leaving as well, uh, and it's so sad. But uh, no, at some point, I we need to survive, Yane. Anna, I don't want to waste my energy uh, on just surviving every day. I want to waste it on really being productive, being artistic, uh, being creative. Like, I, but the itab man, no project I'm working on, and a lot of basic this is really sad that we're here now so yeah it's really sad and we have to really uh, find a way to uh, survive and to like leave or if we want to stay here then we need to change the whole thing well, I mean, as uh, you have your own challenges, you have your own personal challenges, you have the society's challenges, you know, you've got the crisis that's happening in Lebanon, you know, it's just one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I can understand how you're sitting saying, you know, <clears throat> I'm yeah. exhausted, but I'd rather be exhausted by doing something where I'm putting uh, content or, or stuff into exactly. the universe or out into, you know, the public then sitting being exhausted because I'm worried so much about my life, my lifestyle, my personal life and my mental health. Now, um, a lot of us are in this situation. I myself for one, you know, so I can understand how you feel. But um, I think what a lot of us maybe don't understand is if you had the opportunity to stay and things were looking better you know, externally um, in regards to the situation of the country itself. Do you think yeah. this is a place where you could thrive and feel safe and do what you want to do? Or is it inevitable that you like not in, like of, of you leaving? No, no. If, if things got better, of course, I want to stay here because I always said that this is my place. And if I was uh, in Europe or the States or wherever, of, of course, I know that I would do something, but I'm needed here. Out there, they did the change. Uh, they they are still, of course, like fighting, but it's it's way like uh, more progressed than here. Uh, in Lebanon and in the Arab world, we need people who, uh, who change the whole idea about LGBT culture, uh, drag culture, like the whole thing. And this is where I have to do that not outside because they have their people now we need to do that here and we need to like make the first step of course we're not the first drag queens of course i'm not the first uh, uh leader or whatever or uh, pioneer but uh maybe i am one of them or maybe i am changing something here and i'm putting something new so uh, I wouldn't leave, of course. And I, about feeling safe, I never feel safe anyway. Like, whatever I am, it's not about where you are. It's about you from the inside. So it's not about, I don't want to feel safe. I just want to, I want to feel threatened. I want to feel uh, scared. But uh, that would push me to do things and to, like, fight more. And maybe the people after me will, will feel safe. Like, I don't mind... Uh, opening the way for for like other people but that if things got better and if things are not okay I of course you can do anything about it 
I, I completely agree with you and your words are extremely inspiring. You know, that's so beautiful yeah. to hear you say those things because it's so true. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you are. Happiness is, is how you feel and how you are on the inside. You can find your own happiness, you know, or pockets of joy. And if you let uh, the world or the fear of the world, you know, impact your life and direct your life, then you're constantly living in fear and not, you know, breaking boundaries and, and being a voice for those who may be too scared, you know, and uh, inspire others to do the same. I mean, Zuhal, it's going to be an absolute shame to lose you, I have to admit. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's nothing that we look forward to saying. And, um, but I hope, you know, as, as things, as doors open, as things change, I mean, recently in the last three years, I mean, I don't think any of us assumed we'd be where we are today. Things have moved extremely fast. Um, yeah. But I did want to ask you a question, you know, on a more positive note, there's, yeah. the there's the house of ego. I mean, you guys have created a house and that is that the first Lebanese house? Do you want to tell me a little bit about it? You know, how did you guys come together to create this? Okay. I mean, that's a super cool thing. Like, um, <laughs> you know, you, you have a nice family base. Sure. Uh, of course, I'm going to I'm going to tell you about the house of ego. Well, since we decided to go to a positive note i'm uh, it's not a sad thing at all but i uh, i i'm not uh, a member of the house of ego since january but it was very positive like on a very positive note so uh we're not like yesterday we were together and uh, that's why i'm gonna talk about what we had in the house and what i still have with my friends because they they are still uh like very close to me uh the, the the idea of a house is basically uh, inspired by the old uh, ball culture, ballroom culture, and uh, the back in the days in the States. Uh, because people like from the LGBT community, they really, most of them, don't feel like they belong to their biological families uh, due to like homophobia or rejection or discrimination, whatever the reason is. So they create their own families and houses and they help each other. So that's the idea, the main idea of the house. Uh, so this is how we, we became a house of ego. Like the family uh, started with Hodi, then uh, Hannah, then, uh, then actually Melanie, then me, then we had new members. And people were like uh, going in and out and it's so normal. It's the dynamic. It's very normal for any house to have people leaving and like entering. However, the reason why I left is not because I'm like, I'm not on good terms with them or like I, I hate them or whatever. It's more uh, because I wanted to stay true for the meaning and the need of the house. Because at some point, my biological family uh, became very supportive. Uh, to me and my mom actually attended my drag show and my family they all su support the hall uh, with a lot of like hard work coming out of me and trying to like explain what this art form is about and my sexuality and all of that so I wanted to stay true for the real meaning of the house because I actually have my own house and my biological family supporting me so I decided to stay friends with them, but I don't want, I didn't want to be in a house because I, I have my support. So maybe other people that want that or deserve that, uh, they can join and they can feel this love that I have 
already and I really appreciate from both families. So yeah. <laughs> Again, that, uh, your, your stories are super, super inspiring. Um, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people that heard that you know, that once maybe or still maybe have friction with their families and thinking that there is no hope um, just goes to show that with hard work and dedication and, you know, education, exactly. um, you can bring people together and, you know, build bridges instead of creating um, voids, yeah. shall we say, empty spaces. Suhal, I don't want to take too much of your time because what you've said is more than enough than I need to hear today. Um, it's been absolutely beautiful. But what I do do with my guest is give them a chance, you know, to speak directly to the audience and leave them with either advice, a message, or some, uh, so, some people even sing a song. So um, I just want to say the floor is yours and please take, take the time. Okay. So, but the انه ما بدي يكون كل شيء وقلكم ما تستسلموا وواجهوا وقاوموا لا بدي اقول لما بدكم تكونوا ضعاف كونوا ضعاف لما بدكم تبكوا ابكوا لما بدكم تصرخوا صرخوا لما بدكم تنهاروا تنهاروا ودائما لاقوا الحدا اللي حيسمعكم واذا هذا الشيء ما لقيتوه بتعرفوا انه وسائل التعبير صارت كثير واسعه ومتنوعه بحياتكم ما تستكتوا او ما تقولوا لحالكم انه لا بدي ادعس على مشاعري وبدي ادعس على حالي وبدي اتخطى ما تتخطوا فينا نكون ضعاف لانه من هيدا الشيء بنقدر نعمل انسبريشن للعالم اللي حوالينا ولكل العالم اللي حدنا لانه that's how I became something and this is what why people relate to me فدايما دايما عبروا عن مشاعركم وعبروا عن حالكم لانه هلا نحن بوضع فينا نكون ضعاف واذا ما قدرنا ننهار ما بنقدر نرجع نوقف so please, Damon, Damon, kun haiyin ma haikun. Well, thank you. So for those who might just want a quick brief on what Zuhal said, basically he said vulnerability is key to growth and evolution. So stay with your truth, speak your truth. And even when you feel at your weakest, do know that if you do speak up, there are those around you that can provide your uh, provide support. So Zuhal, again, beautiful words and very inspirational. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the line with us today. And I hope to speak to you very, very soon. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, I'm really happy that we spoke and I wish you come in the best of luck. <laughs>